0: if i did it regularly i would aneurize like i would legitimately just be like (laughs) and then like something would pop in my brain and i would die Ah. anyway. right um hello and welcome to the watcher's guide to the marvel universe the show that's not sure if it's gonna happen this week (laughs) i am max and I'm JR. Uh Welcome to our 150th actual episode.
1: Oh, right. Well, this sucks. Because I don't want to talk about the news at all. Because <laughs> it blows. Yeah. But, uh, 150 episodes, hooray! Woo-hoo! We did it! We're not going to uh, do anything special. Uh, it's just, we made it. And uh, Looks we like didn't we quit.
0: Yeah. And now I own a bunch of money to somebody. <sighs> um, uh, so, yeah, news. Uh, big news, of course, is that Chadwick Boseman died Friday of colon cancer. And, um, like, nobody knew. Uh, so most everybody was taken by surprise. Um, and there are, there are a few things here. Um, number one, it is very sad. He was only 43. Um, and, uh, that was jarring for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I—he's only a couple of years older than me. Hmm. Um. And number two, because I did not think he was that old. But
1: yeah, I thought I thought he was about probably my age. Hmm. 34 35 that area Mm -hmm. so he looked great yeah um yeah i was up i was here at the computer uh playing video games for like two hours or whatever and then i go downstairs and jocelyn's like have you looked at the internet and i was like what normally when that question get at gets asked these days it's like War crimes or something. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, no. And she's like, okay, come here. And she showed me the page. And I was like, that can't be true. Yeah. Because that's too stupid and cruel. Like, for... We've we've done enough stupidity and cruelty. Like, that can't be right. And then yeah. I cried a bunch... Because I had already been drinking, and I was in a vulnerable spot, apparently. Um, and... I think you literally just described
0: everybody at all times right now. But
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, then we stayed up until way too goddamn late, just talking about, like, I don't know. Probably stuff I'm not actually qualified to talk about, but just... I know he had more roles and he was very good in all those roles uh that he had more he had more career than Black Panther mm-hmm. but like Black Panther was important um as a cultural thing like it well Black
0: Panther was important to a lot of people right um, and I think that's what gets makes me angry about Uh, A lot of the Edgelord stuff since Bozeman passed away.
1: Uh, Am I going to get... I don't know what you're talking about because I don't look at the internet as much.
0: (laughs) People people posting shit like, okay, but Black Panther is still terrible and stuff like that. And it's just like... Oh, for
1: fuck's sake.
0: First of all, no one's impressed. Okay? Like, no one... Like, anyone... Anyone who is impressed by that is too young for you to be hanging out with, bro. Like, uh, dude just died. You can just be like, why do you, if you don't have, if you don't have anything to say about that, just don't say anything, you know, like,
1: you don't have um, to. Seriously, it's a very much a if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. At least when somebody's died, I mean, well, okay, no, and, I'll, and take, look, I'll look, take that back here, because here, here, that's not, yeah, no, here's that's, the thing. that's a, yeah,
0: it, when when somebody terrible <coughs> dies, like somebody who committed war crimes or was a serial rapist or whatever, it's okay to say this person was shitting. Yeah. Okay. But, like, saying I didn't like a movie they did, who fucking cares? Yeah, what is that?
1: That's not part of anything. That's just you being a dick. Like, okay, good job. Anyway, um, that sucks. I didn't know that was happening again.
0: Colon cancer apparently disproportionately affects black men. Um you know and unfortunately the problem is that health insurance does not cover the the colonoscopy unless you're 50 or you have a family history of colorectal cancer and even then it's like 45 Um, the only way, the only way to get a colonoscopy through your insurance before that is if you're displaying symptoms. And if you're displaying symptoms, it's probably already to the point that it's not, it's too late to really do a lot about it. So, you know,
1: be, be aware. Um, There are, uh, blood tests and apparently they're fairly reliable. Okay. Well, Um, just to just to throw that out there, there are blood tests and you can get them. Um, I don't know. I haven't checked with my insurance to see how easily that happens. But like,
0: yeah.
1: I'm also very lucky and I have very good health, good insurance. um, And I don't have kids. So Um, the thing that the thing that
0: bothers me about the Chadwick Boseman thing is the fact that. A lot of people are talking about how it was very impressive that, you know, he put out as many movies as he did while undergoing chemotherapy and stuff like that, which, yeah. Um, But also, (sighs) a lot's been made, you know, Screen Rant, who already... Is on the shit list because did you see what they did with. Uh, they did right after news broke. No. They released an article on their website saying, So can Black Panther 2 still happen? And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter right now. Yeah. But. Jesus. Yeah. But they had also. <coughs> I was looking at something, and they had a thing from back in April that was talking about his weight loss uh, and speculating on why that was. Now, obviously, we know why that was. um, But in addition to that, I also saw an interview where someone was talking about playing black panther and then going to other roles and then going back to black panther he was bulking up losing weight bulking up and stuff like that and in the interview the interviewer even says he looks tired for a second and he's like yeah yeah right um and again makes perfect sense now but i also can't help but think like why do we do this i mean look I love comic book movies. I've loved comic book movies since I was a kid. Um, I get a chill from comic book movies. Uh, Seeing, you know, even even bad comic book movies may still have moments where I'm just like, okay, that was a dopamine hit. Like, you know. That was um, the thing that I wanted. So, you know, when I saw the first Fantastic Four movie in the theater and Johnny Storm flew for the first time, I got chills, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And so I love those things, but also I can't help but think it's really unreasonable under the best of circumstances to ask people to do this to their bodies, you know? The, The amount of work and extreme effort... That actors have to put in to get their bodies to where they can appear in comic book movies. Especially in 2020. Mark Ruffalo plays the fucking Hulk. Like, yeah. you can probably take someone who's a bit underweight or not as jacked as you think they should be and make them look that way. Slap Chadwick Boseman or any of, any of these other dudes in a mocap suit and you can make them have whatever body you fucking want. Taika Waititi was a fucking rock monster. I think we can add a couple of muscles that maybe someone wouldn't otherwise have been able to get without damaging their fucking bodies. Mm. You know, I I know that the whole foam muscles thing or the sculpted abs of past comic book movies are a joke now, but like, Is it really, is it really necessary in 20 fucking 20 to expect people to possibly irreparably damage their bodies in order to, in order to provide us our nerd fantasies? Like,
1: just
0: let them, let them, I'm not saying like people can't work out. I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that Superman should have a fucking gut, but... Does he have to be the physical ideal to play a fucking role? I don't know. I just... You know... I just can't help but feel like... Secret or no. You know? And Chadwick Boseman, and other actors are not obligated to make public detail, certain details about their lives the fact of the matter is actors do not owe us anything um, they do; they are not obligated to tell us everything that is happening to them at any given moment but secret or no Chadwick Boseman shouldn't have had to have done that um but i i don't know whatever that's my rant on that (laughs) okay uh now for my next rant new mutants
1: oh yeah okay so it premiered friday
0: yeah Um, i have not
1: seen any reactions but i think you're about to tell me about them
0: well so uh the the primary reactions i've seen uh regarding new mutants that have not been about the various things that have come out about it uh (laughs) have been it's one of the worst x-men movies but also like there have been a lot of worst x-men
1: movies so yeah uh, That's a little um, uh boy who cried wolf at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean how bad could it be? Right? Like Yeah. <laughs> so
0: but since since in the last couple of weeks, a couple of things have been going around regarding um regarding new mutants. Um first of all the fact that uh that so okay the guy who plays Roberto da Costa in the New Mutants movie is a light skinned Brazilian guy. Yeah. Um the the issue here is that Roberto da Costa in the comics is canonically Afro Brazilian. Um, And a lot has been done with the character stemming from the fact that he is Afro-Brazilian. If you're unaware, there are a lot of tensions in Brazil between light-skinned Brazilians and darker-skinned Brazilians. And the comics have done a lot with that over the years as far as the character goes because he is Afro-Brazilian and comes from a wealthy family. Um, and when so that's been an ongoing thing but Josh Boone who directed it came out and basically said that the racism didn't even enter into it for him and it's like well yeah you're white and American like why would it enter into it for you but like it's kind of a big deal like I don't. It seems like if you have a character from a country with racial tensions, and those racial tensions have informed the character, you can't just ignore that. You can't just say, Oh well, I didn't think it was that big a deal. It's whatever. I mean he was the best guy for the role. But was he is the thing. Like if the if and that's that's the question that I have. I'm not saying I have the right answer. I don't know I haven't seen the movie. And I this is nothing against the actor himself. I don't fucking know. Like he may have done a perfectly good job, but you can't divorce the character from that. So, that's problem number one. Problem right. number two is Storm. Um, S- wait, Storm's in it? She was gonna be.
1: Uh, uh, apparently... Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Apparently in one of the earlier drafts, uh, the one of the, like the warden of the institution where the new mutants are, was going to be Storm, and she was Mm -hmm. going to be a hard ass, and she was going to be, if not the villain of the thing, at least not good. and
1: Antagonistic, to say the least.
0: Right. And it's just like, so not only are you erasing the African heritage of a character... You're then taking one of the most popular and beloved African characters from the comics and making her a bad guy? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Then, apparently, um, there were uh, screen capture or clips going around of Ileana being racist toward Danny Moonstar. Um, now I know Iliana can be hard to get along with in the comics, but I, I don't recall her ever being like racist. Like she yeah. call, she calls her Pocahontas, Ugh. um, which yeah, super, if you're unaware, super racist. Um, yeah. number two. <clears throat> she uh she calls her standing rock uh and says like do you want a buffalo wing your people like buffalo right jesus and so This is on stuff the...
1: that made the final cut? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Damn. And lastly, and I put this last because it's the least important among these things, but They've been sitting on this movie for three fucking years. Like it was not rushed out. <laughs> they've no. been they've been fucking around with this movie since twenty seventeen. Yeah. They misspelled Bob McCloud's name uh, in the credits. In or... the, in the credits, they misspelled his name when they were like, "The New Mutants were cre- created by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud." they misspelled McLeod. So good job all around Uh, guys.
1: Yeah. Great, great job, everybody. Um, but, uh, pack it in. I think we're all done here.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to, I think while I am a, uh, a psycho nerd completionist. I'm going to give this one a miss and go watch Bill and Ted.
1: Yeah, here that's really
0: good. I well, so I was I was saying one thing that I'm really excited about for Bill and Ted is the fact that you know, the chosen one is a is an old trope. Um right. and, you know, we see it all the time in pop culture. Uh Harry Potter is a perfect example. Like the only reason Harry Potter matters is because of a prophecy. He's not special beyond that. Like most of what happens in those books is because of other people. Oh Uh, yeah. Yeah, And like the only reason anyone follows him is because of the prophecy. It's not charisma. (laughs) Fuck. It's not charisma. (laughs) and so um bill and ted is interesting because for one thing it's not a prophecy it's a person coming back from the future saying you're going to do a thing and the trailer for bill and ted makes it clear that they have failed to do the thing yeah and that's interesting in and of itself but then like I feel like there's a wealth of opportunity there to get into, like, did knowing that they were going to do a thing make them complacent? Did yeah. did they assume, well, if we do what we're going to do, then the
1: thing will just happen? Yeah. Um, but then, then, like, you didn't... take into account the characters themselves... Well, but that's actually a plot point of the first movie is that they're not actually stupid when it comes to this. Like yeah. they're just sorta of, because isn't that isn't the first movie when they're sneaking through the uh the The uh, police station. The police station and uh Keanu's which is Bill is no, he's dead. No, Ted. he's dead. Yeah. Ted is just like, oh, no, but wait, if I go back and I do this now, then we don't have to do it then, and all that. And, like, they interweave all this stuff where it's like, oh, they do actually get it. They just seem this way. Yeah, I mean, it's a very 80s, like, that's the point of the character, was, like, stop underestimating these people, or underestimating these guys. They just live in a, you know suburban shithole and they they're like i mean that was one of the questions i had like you know it's the point of bill and ted and it's the point of like uh beavis and butthead and stuff like that that like those wasteoid dudes only are that way because there's nothing to fucking do right and um i don't know Bill and Ted is a much more successful version of that to me. But yeah, I'm very excited to see how they're not stupid and maybe they did get complacent. I don't know. I this is That's something that's something good to look forward to.
0: Well, and it's like, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know, even in the first movie, they're there are a lot of hints not just in terms of like figuring out the time travel paradoxes and stuff like that but also like when they're at the uh when they're doing their presentation in the first movie uh and ted is being psychoanalyzed by sigmund freud and bill just goes like nah i'm good just a minor edible complex and it's just like (sighs) It's just, it's gloster. there is no explanation for how he knows about that, because they don't have a chance to, like, sit there and talk to Freud, so he's aware of edible complexes, <laughs> even though yeah. there's no indication that he should be aware of edible well, complexes. Well, their,
1: vo- their vocabulary throughout both movies is far better than, like, you expect. Yeah. Like, the way they act and dress and all of that, they're clearly smart dudes, they're just not being challenged in any way. Um yeah. that it they're not being challenged in any way that like is meaningful to them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And and you know, like it was the eighties when there was a
0: very one size fits all approach to approach to um education still where it was just like if you're not getting this, you're fucking stupid. And it's yeah. like well no There are a lot of perfectly intelligent people that just aren't connecting with the material. And it's not because they're stupid. It's because they're just not connecting with it. Um,
1: Yeah. It's not their fault. It's probably not their fault. It's probably the way you're presenting it.
0: Right. Uh, You know. Anyway. But yeah. I'm actually really excited. I I don't know that the movie is going to live up to that. But... It's a it's no. it's interesting. It's an interesting deconstruction to think about, and I hope that they do that. Ed Solomon seems to know what the fuck he's doing, so. Yep. Anyway,
1: all right. <clears throat> now that we're so
0: done with that. Uh... Well, no,
1: actually, I'm that now that I'm I'm excited about a thing again, because uh, the news was a bit of a downer. Yeah. So, Comics.
0: Now to get disappointed again. Eternal's Annual, number one. Oh. Has a cover by Jack Kirby and is written, penciled by, and edited by Jack Kirby. Inked by Mike Royer. Colored by glennis Wien. Lettered by Mike Royer. Blah. Um,
1: okay. So, we start with thena and Zurus looking at a view screen of The City. Um, because we're doing some goddamn Jack Kirby nonsense where not only is it unclear what universe, well, it's made clear that this is not the 616 because he refuses in the omission of any detail. Like this is just a city. There's never any, like, name given to the city. There's never... We barely get, like, large land... America, I can tell you that. But that's about it. Um, And probably East Coast. Whatever. They're watching this uh, prehistoric ape dude uh, thrash around and breaking stuff. And then they're like, well, that was interesting. I hope that doesn't happen more. Uh, But it probably will... I assume it must be this Zaka guy who we who makes terrible machines, and uh, we should go kick his ass. And it's like jump into a lot of conclusions there, but uh, well, Kirby got I Kirby. Mean, since this isn't the six
0: one six, it's safe to assume that if something's going on, it's the deviants. This could sure. not work in the six one six. Because, because it would be yeah there's literally a million different things it could be and he's just like well obviously it's Zaka, specifically of the deviants and it's just like okay or dr Doom has a time platform <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah but whatever uh, so they they Zuras tells Thena to take the deviants carcass and the reject to go and find Zaka and stop him. Um, they do and the re- really the only, the only thing I found interesting about this was the fact that they use science or advanced technology to make Carcass look like just a big guy with red hair. Um, mm-hmm. And at one point that fails uh, while he's in this hotel and people freak the fuck out which right of course um but by and large like this guy zaka is constantly just pulling random things from the time stream and having them go cause chaos but ultimately his plan is to bring this deviant called tutenax the mountain mover to the present Um, and he does, but Tutanax destroys the device and kills Zaka and then goes smashing around. And then basically Athena and the others delay Tutanax because they know that, um, that, The time projector only works for a certain amount of time, and so all they have to do is keep him occupied, and he will immediately be returned to his own time. Um, and that's what happens. End of issue.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, Thena doesn't get to do anything cool in this issue. Which sucks. Um, because she had been my shining light when it came to Eternals. Like, if Thena showed up, I was at least like, okay. Because she usually does interesting things. Like, uh-huh. when she went to the Deviants' uh, city... Uh, that's Lumeria? Lumer- Lumeria? Lumeria. And is like, hey, what's with all the slaving, you asshole? And yeah. I... And then she kicks ass. Um, that's fun. And this didn't get to do any of that. Uh, the reject is annoying as hell. The ending is unsatisfying, and I don't. It's not even a great fight. The reject, the reject
0: is annoying because he's got all this rage, which I get, but sure. also like characters who are full of unspecific rage and just kind of direct it at everyone around them are only yeah. interesting for a short time in small bursts. <coughs> After that yeah. it's just kinda like, okay.
1: We get it. Thanks. I mean that's that's it's it's the Wolverine problem, right? And they luckily they solved it with Wolverine fairly quickly, where it was like okay Right, like I get he's a dick and he's mad, but like you better humanize him or I'm not gonna give a shit. Mm-hmm. And there, I realize you know this is only his third book, third or fourth issue, mm-hmm. so maybe it's coming. But like, get on with you the... can't put all you can't put all the humanization into a different character because like I identify with Carcass more than anybody else in this book. Carcass now. is interesting. Carcass um, is great.
0: Like, I, yeah. Like, carcass is nothing new, but no,
1: nothing's new. Um, and the but like it's fun. Like, okay, so initially it was fun to see carcass, the humanized deviant monster. Yeah, uh, pair off against. The reject who looks gorgeous, but is an actual uh, monster. monster. Yeah. And, uh, like, that was fun for an issue. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, okay, you did that. No, let's, you did that let's already. Let's take it somewhere.
0: Like, that's yeah. That's the thing. It's like, once they did it, I was like, okay, cool. Now where are we going with this? And, and Jack Kirby <laughs> seems to be like... Here. Going with... Yeah, no. Th- we're here now. This is where we are. This is where no, we are. No. Yeah, but no, like, is that in service of doing anything with it? Doing, doing something with it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And
1: I don't know, it, maybe it's just the annual, because like, annuals are all over the place sometimes. Uh, okay. The I think the major problem is that
0: Eternals is so incredibly self-indulgent anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you add to that the fact that he has more pages to be self-indulgent with, right. and I'm just kind of like, hey, cool. Of course, I also think this is why people shouldn't edit their own books. But anyway. Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 16, has a cover by Sal Buscema and is written by Elliot S. Magan, uh, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Phil Rachelson, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Archie Goodwin. If ever there was an issue that I was not in the right headspace for, it is hero cop incorporated um
1: so god yeah slow on the uptake this week i swear to god i read all these books but (laughs) sometimes i'm just like what are you talking oh right shit yeah um
0: there's this cop named joey mccone who uh stops who busts some dudes and nearly dies in the process, except that Spider-Man keeps the car from going over the edge into the river. Um, and so Jonah, Jonah's so like... Did
1: he he didn't really stop anybody. They <laughs> Hero cops nabs fleeing counterfeiters. No, no, no. He happened to be on the car at the time <laughs> when Spider-Man stopped them.
0: Yeah, but, you know, Jonah's not going to present it that way um so Jonah sends Peter to take some more pictures of him so Peter goes over to the dude's house and it turns out that there's a whole lot of tension at home because his he's constantly throwing himself into dangerous situations and his wife is just like what if you you know didn't and maybe you came home safe um and he's just like well I can't do that I'm literally the only police officer on the force. Um, but yeah. Um, Peter's just like, this is really awkward. I'm going to take my photos and get the fuck out of here. Uh, meanwhile, beetle has a bunch of dudes pulling a bunch of jobs all over the place in order to get all the cops out of this one precinct house. Um, he does this um in order to get hold of a briefcase uh It turns out that there's like the one sergeant on duty at the front desk, and then McCone is forced to stay there and work uh the the tip lines and shit um when the beetle attacks so spider man shows up there's a big fight um There is confusion initially about why the Beetle wants this briefcase because they open it up at one point and there's nothing in it. It's just a briefcase. Um, So McCone wets down a bunch of heroin and tries to use it to gum up the Beetle's extendo sucky fingers. Um, And Spider-Man's like right idea wrong thing and wrong so he, substance yeah so he pulls off the belt full of uh extra spider fluid cartridges and uh spider fluid web fluid cartridges and uh uses that to gum it up and yeah um but in the process Macon is injured at the end of the issue we see a ceremony where he is being honored and it turns out that the um, the briefcase had a false bottom and inside was a ton of money. Now, I know what you're thinking, dear reader, and that might be, why go through all this trouble just for some money? Why not rob a bank like people still do in comics for some reason? And the answer is, it's already laundered money. It's... Effort free other than all of the effort that went into doing it. So Yeah. But in the process of all of this, Peter sees McCone's wife and it's clear she is straight done. <laughs> um
1: like yeah. I can't decide if this is like done or if this is despair because like there's sadness in this. Yeah. And it's like because she was right like he did end up getting hurt um you know I was just I was just thinking like we could you could take this situation with his wife between McCone and his wife and reflect that back onto Peter and have an interesting story even if the rest of the Beatles shit still happened but if he was reflective at all and being like oh man That's why I don't want to tell anyone. Like, you could make that into something. Yeah. And even if it's made up and it's bullshit, but, like, that's Peter Parker. I'm okay with him making crap up to keep himself from doing something healthy, right? Yeah. Peter Parker is the king of rationalization. Right. So if he, like, looked at their situation and was like, okay, that's why I don't want to tell MJ, because I don't want to put her through this kind of pain. But he's not doing that, so it's just... There are some problems even heroes can't solve.
0: The reason I get the impression that McCone's wife is sick of it, is done, is because she walks away in the middle of the ceremony. Right. Like, if she were to be sad and just stand there looking sad, then I would take that more as she's there's despair at the fact that she was proven right in the worst possible way right well not the wor- the worst possible way would be if he was dead but if you know right but because she because she watches for a minute and then just turns and leaves that's why i think they're done for um so uh, it's it's interesting to look at this from the standpoint of, because later on, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, kind of serves as a counterpoint. Like in the late 90s, early 2000s, it serves as a counterpoint to The Amazing Spider-Man. Because The Amazing Spider-Man is largely about Peter's adventures as Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Whereas Peter Parker focuses a lot more on Peter Parker, um, right, and so that's interesting from from this standpoint. Simply because this uh, this sort of looks like a precursor to that, sure. Um, so yeah, all right. Number seventeen has a cover by John Byrne. Uh, really like this cover, actually. It's kind of shitty that it's on these issues, but, uh, written by Bill Mantlo, inked by Dave Hunt, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Bruce Patterson, um, Peter is sent to LA because the champions are disbanding, um, as he's standing around with his thumb up his ass, uh... A couple of windows pop out of the building and <laughs> fall. Um, Angel is like, oh shit, and redirects one out over the water. Um, meanwhile, P- one, the other is headed
1: straight for Peter. and Who has his head so far up his ass that even his spider sense can't save him. Yeah. So- <laughs> like, it goes off just milliseconds before this thing's about to cleave him. Yeah. Um
0: um but he's able to jump out of the way, but his camera's destroyed in the process. Uh so the good news is as the window pane exploded into uh shards of death, uh everybody missed his amazing leap. And Uh so everybody's just like, whoa, that was really lucky. And he's just like, yeah. (laughs) But so uh, Warren buys Peter a new camera. Uh, They go upstairs. They have a conversation about um, the champions breaking up. And Angel explains that after the Sentinels attacked, all of the other champions were just kind of like, well bye um and it's literally like dark star is just like well thank you but this is not where i need to be i should go back to russia blaze is just like fuck y'all i'm done with this um yeah i'm gonna go
1: be ghostwriter like i should be yeah <laughs> like what am i honestly guys i don't even know that it's you or me i just think this bye and yeah. it just leaves <laughs> Uh, Iceman
0: is just like, well, Darkstar was the only thing really keeping me here, so I'm out. Uh,
1: And then, which is cold, Bobby. Like you and Warren, that was n- unintentional, but like, <laughs> <laughs> honest to God. But like uh-huh. you, you, you and Warren have known each other for fucking ever. Like, just it's okay to be have a friend you jackass anyway.
0: And then Hercules is just like I'm going to go do some traveling around the country and Black Widow's just like I'm going to go with him.
1: So don't read into that at <laughs> all. I'm oh, not yeah. Nope. Yeah. Don't. No. It's like she's just like I'm going to go with her cuz um I just damn like no, don't have to worry about it. Yeah. We've been alone together a lot lately. I mean it's it's fine. Yeah. Nothing's bye. Yeah. Uh so Angel's
0: like, Yep, everybody's gone and Peter's like, Where did Iceman actually go? And he's like Just away
1: <laughs> And he's like Okay. Well Alright. Uh And as Peter, he can't really poke at him about it because yeah. You know, he's just Peter. So yeah. he sneaks back into the building at night um, as Spider-Man. Yeah.
0: Um, when he gets there, he finds Angel um, talking to uh, a mysterious bandaged figure in a wheelchair. Um, they are having an argument. And, uh, it turns out that the, the guy in the wheelchair is Stuart Clark, uh, the guy who used to be the villain Rampage before he got blowed
1: up. Uh, So very, very recognizable, uh, Stuart Clark. Yeah. Everybody's fan favorite villain Rampage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, uh but he's all bandaged up like the mummy in a wheelchair um because he got blown up, and there's somebody else behind him in the rampage exosuit. Yeah. Who could that be we have no idea.
0: Can't imagine. So Spider Man interjects himself into this situation. Angel's like, No, don't blah blah blah. Um The, the upshot of this being the, the wheelchair that Clark is in has a personal force field, but they are able to short that out, which causes the wheelchair to like explode in a shower of sparks. Rendering Clarken unconscious, the rampage armor is damaged, which then causes uh, Iceman's powers to kick in, which causes it to become brittle and fall off. It's then revealed that rampage was Iceman, but now the post the the short has caused the programming that Clark used to make Iceman follow his commands. Fused with Bobby's mind at that moment. Whatever. Yeah. So Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 18 has a cover by Gil Kane and is colored by Mary, Mary Ellen beverage and lettered by Joe Rosen. Um, they fight.
1: And uh, the. <clears throat> so one thing that I will say that's kind of cool that. I don't feel like we've gotten a good look at in a while. Is how powerful Bobby could be unleashed, right? Yeah. Like that's one of the things that's neat. That is neat about this issue is that Bobby's powers are fucking awesome, right? Well, Bobby, and Bobby's a he. Bobby's an Omega level mutant canonically, and he. And he but like you can see here some of the build, building blocks of that yeah. because it's like. If you left if if you strip the training wheels that Bobby keeps on himself right. away, then he gets up to some really neat shit. Like yeah. the I mean, this opens with the splash of the of the first page is him having frozen over the entire fucking hallway around him and is sh- uh flinging spears like t- you know foot and a half long inch in diameter uh spears at them. Uh, yeah. through the fucking air. That's rad, man. Yeah. And, and like, you can start seeing that. I mean, it's not the '90s level where Emma gets. Emma gets. It was that the '90s, or early 2000s, where Emma gets. A that hold was of his the powers '90s. Emma gets a hold of his powers and is like, "Um, Bobby." After they get switched back, she's like, "You do realize you're functionally immortal, right?" Yeah, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, no, like I turned you into, I turned you into vapor and then you came back. Yeah. You can't die. No. Um,
0: well, and, cool. that, and that's, that's the thing. Like I was, you know, I gave Moira this DK book I had about X-Men um, that, you know, I let her, I let her have, she was she was asking me about Iceman and I was talking about it and talking about how powerful Bobby is and Casey was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like Bobby Drake is a, an Omega level mutant. He is one of the most powerful mutants there is. Like he is, he is in a power range with Jean Grey and like magneto and stuff like that he's a doofy character but that's just his personality the the fact that he can i mean yeah during the draco he was reduced to a head and like the only reason he wasn't able to reform at that time was because there was no water vapor in the air but Mm -hmm. he was then able to and like he's During that time, he also was, he was literally creating stop motion ice sculptures that were able to move fluidly because he was literally freezing and unfreezing them. So, Mm -hmm. like, you don't fuck around with Bobby Drake. Um, Well,
1: like, I mean, this is one of those, like, when you're talking about one of the Fundamental elements of the universe, yeah. like that's that's why you know Magneto is so goddamn powerful, is because magnetism is not something you mess with, right? right? Like it's one of it's one of the core forces that hold the universe uh, together. The universe together, right? Like it's weak, strong, strong
0: gravity <laughs> and electromagnetism. Like
1: yeah, <laughs> and, and even weak and strong are clearly. The only the only reason we don't have a grand unified theory of physics is because we can't make gravity work right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like gravity's just being a dick. Uh, but like weak and strong and magnetism, those three line up. Yeah. perfectly. So like once you if you can control magnetism, you can control the way electrons function. <laughs> like so. Well, yeah. Like, that's how that's how powerful we're talking like when you say he's on the level with magneto and i'm like yeah no he is one of the fundamental build bobby controls one of the fun water like and the way that it reacts to things like you can't fuck with him bobby's great i'm so happy that we get to see i guess the point of this issue or why i kind of like the cool thing in this is that it's like hints that it's It's Bobby holding Bobby back. Yeah. Like as a character, right? Like these powers are awesome. And in the a hundred thousand hot dogs kind of way. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, I mean, when you, when you look at it from the standpoint of heat and cold are kinetic energy. Yeah. It is the motion of particles. And Mm -hmm. Bobby's power, more so than creating ice, is to literally be able to slow the movement of atoms. Yeah. That is bananas. Um, Oh, well,
1: yeah. And and once you start with that, then you can, it's like you can control entropy. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, uh, that's. From a, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, I think that they started out with, like, oh, he's got ice powers. And, like, as you go through the, like, more and more writers started looking at this and taking it seriously, which is, I think that's one of the things that's happening here is, like, they start with, yeah, but what if Bobby wasn't Bobby? Yeah. Like, what do his powers look like then? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. Yeah.
0: Um, so the, the upshot of this is that, uh, Bobby and Spider-Man take the battle outside and it gets wrapped up at which point Spider-Man creates a web mask for Bobby and takes him to the hospital, uh, which was very considerate angel. Meanwhile, and again, this is another example of seeing how strong a character is. Um, yeah. The thing that I really like about this is the fact that Angel... So Angel has a run-in with the contractors that were so central to the Champions book and that were getting really annoying, uh, who used substandard materials for everything. And they tried to coerce him into a deal that was favorable for them. But Spider-Man, Spider-Man enters and he's blowing them out the door, basically, using his wings. And again, this is one of those things that somebody is stronger than you think they are. And it's it's worth mentioning simply because, yeah, dude has giant ass wings. And I've mentioned before on this show that those giant ass wings are good for more than just lifting him off the ground. Yeah. Because the amount of downward force they would have to produce to be able to lift a human being, even one with hollow bones, off the ground is immense. Right. Um and so, yeah. Even even before um even before he became Archangel, Angel was not someone
1: you wanted to get
0: in close with. So
1: No, I mean yeah. It's the same problem, like with the with the vulture as well. Like you don't mess with these people because the yeah, the, like you were saying, the amount of force that they can generate is impressive. Keep your distance. Well,
0: of course, the vulture the vulture has the added benefit of an anti gravity harness. Mm-hmm. So that depends. I mean, that's not to say he can't generate a lot of force, but I don't know that he's in the same class as, say, Angel. Which, and Um,
1: Angel's got an advantage on him, too, is that his arms are independent, right? Right, yeah. The wings being independent of his arms means that the amount of things he can do with them are crazy. All right.
0: Yeah. Uh, But the, uh, the last thing about this issue is the fact that uh, Flash and Shawshank meet up with, um, or are, are walking around, and are nearly hit by a frisbee from a game involving a girl named Holly Gillis, who met who meets Hector, uh, the White Tiger, um, and they hit it off. Uh, then, at the pri- at some prism prison. prison uh, I assume rankers but I don't for I don't know if they actually say um, there is a huge blast of light and a wall is blown out Blech. whatever so Peter Parker the spectacular spider-man number 19 has a cover by Ernie Chan inked by Mike Esposito colored by M Titus lettered by Jim Novak and edited by Jim Shooter. Um the Enforcers are back. Hooray. Um and the <laughs> Peter returns to New York from LA and jo- he's like, "Hey, I'm back with photos from the Champions building." And Jonah's like, "Awesome." I can't wait to see the photos of Spider-Man fighting the champions. And Peter, who uh, who had realized at the end of last issue that his camera in his belt was smashed by a punch from Iceman, uh, goes, Well, unfortunately, I got the pictures of the champions' building and of Angel, but then... Uh, I went home and slept. Or I went back to my hotel and slept. And Jonah's like, Get out! Yeah. and uh, So, yeah. So, uh, Razorback is back home in Texarkana um, and doing well. Uh, Flash and Shawshan are happy and they're at the coffee bean. I wish they would decide what the coffee bean is because it's been rendered both as a... Uh, a diner style restaurant, but also like a beatnik style cafe. And it's just like, wh- which is it? What the fuck is this place? <laughs> um, But uh, Hector and Holly go there. Um, and Holly is very adamant that she's just like, I don't really like to be tied down. I don't like to put labels on stuff. Let's just B you, know? you know? And Hector's like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so Um Yeah. But then um while the four of them are there, the enforcers show up and take the place over and take everybody hostage. Um all in the hopes of drawing Spider Man out. The reason being, their new boss, who is the Lightmaster, who cares, uh, is hoping that by doing so, um...
1: Yeah, we find out later that the whole plan is that Lightmaster's figured out that Spider-Man has to be of college age, based on study... Uh, well, he
0: re- he realizes that because of their previous encounter, Spider-Man has knowledge of the faculty uh, at their college, and so he realizes that Spider-Man must be a student or a faculty. Or faculty. He then extrapolates from there that it's a student.
1: Yeah. So um, and he's hoping that by having the enforcers attack the or hold the bunch of the students hostage. When they are inevitably defeated, he'll be able to narrow down who was Spider-Man based on who, who got out, right? Mm-hmm. It's a weird plan. Um, he doesn't account for Hector being around, though, and that screws right. it all up because Spider-Man... And, like, I guess he had his back turned when Spider-Man balls in through a uh, window. So Spider-Man shows up through a skylight, kicks the... Uh, the I keep wanting to call them Reavers, but kicks their butts. Uh, Hector stays behind to watch, um, just because he wants to see a man work. And, uh... <laughs> it is weird. Like, at first well, no, he's like, no. I'll stay around just in case he needs help, but then it's clear yeah. that the... These idiots are idiots. Um, and uh, Spider-Man takes him down with little to no effort. Yeah. Um, at that point, he bails out and uh, Hector's the only man who walks out. So masters like, okay, it must be H- Hector's Spider-Man. Great. Good. And now I have a yeah. name.
0: Spectacular Spider-Man number 20 is colored by Don Warfield and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Um, the police try to figure out who hired the enforcers. The enforcers are keeping uh, tight-lipped about it. Um, one of the, like, at one point, Ox nearly breaks down the window so they gas them. Which, I'm really nervous about police having the ability to just gas people in rooms. Uh, yep. That's... That's rife (laughs) with with implications. But uh so one of the cops is just like, you know, there's other things we could do, but the guy in charge of this interrogation is just like, No, we have procedures, we do things the right way. And Spider Man's just like, that's a good cop right there, and it's just like, Yeah, but like they did shouldn't he They did just gas them all though. Like well, they just gassed them all, which <sighs> gas in general is like really iffy. But like anesthetizing people is not something you do indiscriminately. the The amount of gas it would take to knock out someone like Ox is enough to kill someone like (laughs) fancy Dan like yeah that is a problem yeah and so not only that but also like the the response that the cop that the good cop has to the guy who's just like what if we violated their civil rights is also really tepid for what this dude is saying like He's he's sitting there just like, What if we rough him up a bit? Or like do something really terrible to them. So, and the guy's just like, No, no, we don't do that. Not what the fuck is the matter with you? I want your badge right this second. Yeah. And that's a
1: problem. <clears throat> yeah, that but, well that whatever that is the problem. Like what's once, once a person advocates even Unforcefully, but it's just like, "Hey, well, you know we could do some light torture. It's like, no, you have to be fired now um yeah well and that's <sighs> that's one thing that
0: is when you look at when you look at a character like Batman within the context of realistic portrayals of Batman, the thing that Batman basically has going for him is. He's able to do co- things that cops quote unquote can't. Yeah, and that's a bit of a problem. Like, in a world with super villains, okay, you need a dude with Spider Man because your average cop doesn't have super strength, super agility, spider sense, what have you. Right. But like when you're when you're grounding this stuff in reality. And basically saying, like, no, we need vigilantes because cops are constrained by too many laws. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, really now? (laughs) Anyway, that's a whole other, like, complete episode in itself. So, uh, Lightmaster, of course, has decided that, uh, Spider-Man is Hector Ayala. So, he... Goes and attacks the campus. Um, Peter is there and he's like, Oh my god, Lightmaster's coming for me. But he's not. He's coming for Hector. And Pete's just like, Oh, oh shit. Um, in the process, Hector's amulets are pulled off. Um,. They are found in the aftermath, and Peter is like, "Oh, I know what these are," and so he pockets them and then goes after them. So, Lightmaster meanwhile uh, sets up a uh, an expose, takes over all of the um, all of the airwaves, and basically is just like, "I have Spider-Man. He's here." look at him it's this kid Hector Ayala and Hector's like no no you've got it all wrong and uh, it's at that point Peter shows up in the rafters and like webs his amulets down to him so he puts them on uh, changes into White Tiger and he's just like you had it all wrong Hector Ayala is in Spider-Man Hector Ayala is the White Tiger and watching this, Flash and Shawshank and Holly are all just like, What? And Holly's like, fuck that guy. And leaves. Um They have a fight. In the course of things we discover that Lightmaster has to have because of the accident that occurred the last time he fought Spider Man, he is now basically sentient light before he was just a dude in a suit yeah um because of that accident he has to have like a a light source at all times or he's unable to stay together um in the course of things there winds up being a uh at the very least a brownout. i don't know how far reaching this was um As a result of which, all of his various lamps go out, and he's unable to keep himself together. Who cares? I hope I never see him again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, This run had some interesting stuff. So, Holly's reaction is insane to me. Because... No, 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 hold on. I'm not saying that she's wrong. I'm just saying that she's real quick about it.
0: Yeah, just She's she's all over the map in the course of this the whole, because, the whole
1: story, yeah.
0: Because when Hector decides he wants to remain behind, she's like, You're fucking crazy, bro. Then they somehow patched that up somewhat. Um, but then when he's abducted, she's like, Oh my god, I care that he's gone. Holy shit And then she finds out he's White Tiger and she's like, Fuck that guy. Yeah. And so yeah, it is. It's it's a very abrupt turn well, on
1: her part. even the book knows it because there's an editor's box, or not an editor's box, there's a, a caption in that I hate him and I never want to see him again panel that's like so much for the consistency of Holly Jackson. And I'm like, yeah, book, what up? That's, that's you. You are in control of this. Yeah. Um, so that's what yeah. that's not something i'm really excited to see where it goes cuz it's somebody's being weird i don't know
0: yeah um overall like i said the the like you were talking about the so like i said there were several very interesting things going on here like you had talked about the fact that McCone's, relationship could have resulted in some introspection Mm -hmm. was kind of a missed opportunity, but seeing, seeing what, um, what Iceman was capable of was cool. Um, Lightmaster was kind of eh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Holly is all over the place and I'm not really like, I'm not really sure if there's a point to it all. And well, I also am not sure if I want to know.
1: But also, like, Hector straight up outs himself on Nat, or on, a par- you know, to the whole fucking city.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that. What kind of. <laughs> it seemingly has no consequences, this issue, with the exception of Holly being like, I never want to see him again, but he doesn't know that yet. Um, And also he kind of acts throughout the issue that, like, a guy who that news is going to bounce right off of him. Like, oh, all right. Um, So if we're setting it up so that we can watch Peter watch Hector have consequences for being outed as his superhero self, maybe that's interesting?
0: time's gonna tell yeah
1: exactly all right
0: Hmm. and i don't think we have any because hector so far has largely just shown up yeah in spectacular and we don't have any for a while like none of the uh, next weeks that i've planned ahead for have any spectacular so i don't know but uh that brings us to the bulk of this week's reading which is iron man uh iron man number 93 has a cover by jack kirby al milgram danny krespi uh written by herb trimpey and jerry conway penciled by herb trimpey inked by jack abel colored by janice cohen lettered by joe rosen and edited by jerry conway um the short version of this issue... Because these first couple issues are kind of... Eh. Um, Iron Man is testing the device that the last time we read Iron Man... We discovered was claimed to have been patented by another company. Even though Iron Man is just like... Well, no. I, I came up with it myself. Why... Why are they saying they did? I I know for a fact that I did. Um,
1: Which it had and, been uh, so long since we read Iron Man that I was like, wait, what are we... Who? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that then... He's testing it. It goes wrong. <laughs> and basically, Iron Man falls from orbit. Uh and everybody's just like, oh, well, well, I guess Iron Man's dead. He's clearly um, dead. We should probably tell yeah. Tony about this. Huh. But oh no, nobody can reach Tony. Wonder why. Uh, he is found and brought aboard by a uh, a ship. Uh, and while he, he is able to come on board recover and try to fix up his armor a little bit the captain sees him without his helmet on and doesn't care uh it's like uh, an iron man's just like
1: hmm um, i'm sure that won't come back to bite you um and it, i don't i don't know it, it probably won't I, but like because it's so flip that i'm like is this a thing or not book yeah are you paying attention hello <laughs> I, I wonder
0: if we're leading toward him maybe revealing his identity, even though I know he doesn't for a long time yet. Uh, but I wonder if they're trying to, like, lay the seeds of that only to then just be like, nope. Uh, I also, I kind of feel like if... If I were a ship captain... And I pulled a superhero out of the ocean and then accidentally saw them without their disguise on. And it was like Elon Musk, which is not to say I think that oh, no, no, no. Elon Musk yeah. is a real life right. Tony Stark. I think he is, but not in a
1: good way. Right. Um, in all the ways that we talk about where it's like, oh, no, bad. <laughs> yeah yeah um
0: but i think that i think that if i were in that situation and it was just like surprise i'm bill gates i'm just like am i right. like
1: yeah i mean I, how <sighs> okay i
0: i would just it would just be like you're a billionaire like i guess i should be happy you're not hunting people for sport <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs>
1: The bar for, uh, billionaire behavior is so low. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you could get away with anything. So, yeah, I'm glad you're not, uh, literally flogging seals. So, uh, or sea lions.
0: No, seals, because fuck sea lions. Okay. Uh, anyway. (laughs) I hate their little ears. This is um
1: podcast taking a stance
0: yeah finding out my weird prejudice against sea lions um but so the ship is then attacked by an old style uh like privateer privateer type ship like it would be like it would be like if you were somewhere and the black pearl rolled up yeah exactly like uh But then it turns out they have very modern weapons, and the ship is sunk, its crew is taken, and Iron Man is seemingly blasted into the watery depths. In fact, he is able to, even though his suit does not have its full capabilities anymore, he's able to use the internal oxygen tank... And uh, just kind of grab hold of the ship, which then converts into a goddamn submarine. Like, where did the wood go, guys? Where did the wood go? (laughs) Where were
1: you keeping all that metal? (laughs) Whatever. Um, Also, none of you seem smart enough to... Oh, we find out later. But, like, yeah. the fact that none of you made this? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... He is a he is taken to their underwater lair, uh seemingly. Uh and then uh sneaks inside, but the Kraken was waiting for him. Oh yeah, that's uh, the captain
1: of the boat it was the Kraken. He's in charge of all these pirates. No one cares. Yeah. Uh Meanwhile, the Kraken had kidnapped uh Doctor Klein and uh Chrissy. Chrissy something or other. Who, Uh, her, I was like, again, because it's been so long since we were at Iron Man, I was just like, who the hell are you? Yeah. um, And and Tony's doing, when he he thinks about her, Tony's like, I don't know, maybe I should, uh, should I get with her? I don't know. I guess. She's close. God damn it, Tony. It's uh, Chrissy Longfellow. Longfellow.
0: Is her name. Uh, or alias, I should say. Um,
1: yeah, because do we get? We don't even get the payoff on that, do we? They just keep. Well, we find it.
0: We get payoff that there's clearly more going on. Yeah, and that she's not who she says she is. But to what extent we do not find out this week. But we start next week with another chunk of this so oh okay mm. I mean I know um, I can figure
1: out who she is and I'm glad to see her back if it is if I'm right is this, is it, she's Madame Mask right yeah okay and I'm glad to see her back because I liked the ending of that like where they left that it was like yeah anyway
0: Uh. so yeah he they came to England because they understood that Iron Man was alive and rescued uh, but then we're captured by Kraken's men and blah 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 who cares uh, Iron Man number 94 ha- is colored by George Russos and Kraken makes it clear that any any disobedience by Iron Man uh, will be cause for the shackles that hold Abe and Chrissy to electrocute them so Iron Man's just like alright what do you want to do um So Kraken shows him around, and he shows him that he's got all of these captives that he's going to use to build an army, and he's got all of these weapons and shit, Um, and then he takes him into a room, and he's like, okay, take off your armor and change into this, and uh, he's like, oh you're going to uh, make me reveal who I am. And he's like, maybe, or maybe I've already figured it out, Mr. Stark, and all this shit. So, the upshot of all of this is Kraken wants to start a world war. Because, you know, why not? Um, And his plan is that using Abe and Chrissy as as insurance, he's going, yeah, He's going to force Stark to build weapons for this. Um, Stark goes to do something and is immediately hit with a blow dart, passes out, wakes up and he's in this, on this random road in England. Um, And so he goes into town and starts asking around and somebody, he starts asking about sea caves. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, well, there's a lot of them around, but only one has the red mud on your shoe. And the guy, and he's like, oh, that makes sense. Which, which cave was that? <laughs> so, uh, he, he creeps in, takes out a guard, goes and gets his armor um and
1: then he... he has enough time while after he's got his armor to plug in this energy cell that he nabbed what during the tour earlier mm-hmm. which is why he's not like straight up dying um is this when it starts well
0: he's not he's not yet having the heart issues again okay um that's later <sighs> hooray right. um yeah.
1: thank god we're doing that again
0: But he does not have the power to do the things he needs to do. So he juices up the armor and starts fighting with Kraken. Um, Luckily, he gets
1: Klein and Longfellow out first. yeah, Before he goes back in to start attacking Kraken. Kraken is not all that he appears. His weapons are a lot more advanced than uh, one would think. Uh, So... It's... The fight is a lot closer than Iron Man thinks it should be. Eventually, he breaks his vibro-sword and, uh... Punches a hole in... Or something punches a hole in the sea cave. It begins to fill with water. Kraken is seemingly drowned. Uh, All of the... But Iron Man has enough time to get all the... Brainwashed prisoners out. out. And... They go have a drink. I don't understand this last scene. They go to a pub, have a drink, discuss how shit is fucked, then they leave, or, or unfucked, or good, or whatever. Uh, as Tony. Then, as they're leaving, they bid farewell to the innkeeper, and uh, it's revealed to be a dude that looks like Kraken.
0: Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't really get how that's supposed to work. I mean, assuming, assuming that it is actually Kraken for a moment. Well, let's assume it's not. Okay. How did they order drinks and not notice that the (laughs) dude running the pub looks exactly like the dude that just supposedly died? No one's just like, oh shit. And then they're just like. No, no, it's all right. I get con- I'm just a random Englishman. I get confused and... for that pirate all the time. Yeah. No, that's my twin brother. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. But assuming it is Kraken, either he survived and immediately came up here and like killed the bartender or the pub landlord and took his place, or he managed to extricate himself from the flooding sea cave, and then was just like, Yar! it's almost me shift <laughs> I need to be getting to work
1: the second job uh, what pays what pays for this uh ragtag brigands <laughs> How I
0: was able to be building all of this (laughs) on a pub landlord's salary. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, Iron Man number 95 uh, is written by Jerry Conway and Bill Mantlo, penciled by George Tuska, inked by Don Perlin, colored by Don Warfield, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Archie Goodwin.
1: Hooray! Um, So... Having had the armor basically be a pain in the ass for all of last story, he goes home, or it's it's. We start with him having built and is now testing a new armor, which okay, and with an emphasis on defense this time. Like this thing's these this armor is now made to take Milner to the chest. Um, and hooray, but he immediately takes it off and, uh, puts it away, which is the MacGuffin of this whole issue.
0: This, this beginning part really gets annoying because at the beginning of this issue, he acts really cold toward Klein and Chrissy. And his rationalization for that is, I need to come off as aloof because I don't want people getting close to me. And A, finding out I'm Iron Man, and B, being hurt by that. Then he goes into his office and he's just like, I should get a girlfriend. And it's like, which is it? Which is it, you flighty fuck? (laughs) But anyway, so he gets he is uh distracted from his ruminations of who he wants to bone by a phone call from um Andrew Jackson Hawk, a senator uh who calls in calls him and is just like hey, I'm on the defense committee, and it looks like you're a traitor. So Come to Washington and
1: explain yourself. Kinda now, too. Like, the read on Hawk is really difficult to pin down. Because, on the one hand, it's like, when he's on the phone with Tony, he's very like, hey, you're a... It looks like you're a traitor, man. You're gonna need to explain that. Like, he's very... uh, He's a little hard-assed with him, but then his assistant comes in and he's like, well, this is open and shut, right? Like, he's a traitor. And he's like, well, no, no, let's give him space to explain himself or prove that he isn't. And it's like, okay, are you good or not?
0: (laughs) So, so the thing about it is it's clear, it's clear that this is not like the last senator we saw in Iron Man who was just like, you're guilty. I'm gonna nail your ass to the wall. He he specifically says to his assistant, "I acted hard-assed in order to get across the gravity of the situation, but I don't think he's guilty." Um. So yeah, uh, I will say not a big fan of him being named Andrew Jackson. No, Hawk, no, but that's
1: whoops. Don't do that. Yeah. Like, don't do that at all. <laughs> like, I mean, whoa. it's it's just a little on the... No. Nope. Uh, okay. Uh, so he gets ready I to... I just... What? For one thing,
0: naming someone who seems relatively level-headed... <laughs> after a dude who went around like beating people with a cane. Not great. And um, whose
1: inauguration part inaugural party went for something like three days and only ended after he woke up and kicked everybody out. Plus, he was a strict anti
0: abolitionist. Like, why would you name a black character oh, yeah. Andrew Jackson Hawk? Oh yeah. Like Uh, Whatever.
1: Um. So. Um. Also committed several crimes against humanity. Yeah. Like, just. Let's. Andrew Jackson. Piece of shit. uh, Uh, Huge piece of shit. Anyway. Like,
0: even for the time. Yeah. like, Like, even for the time other people were just like, wow, that guy's a piece of shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, big piece of shit. Um. So maybe we should this... maybe
1: we shouldn't have uh, elected a straight psychopath. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh.
0: Um, the at that point, a Russian sub manages to get through a hole in the defense net caused because of a shutdown of Stark technology for 15 minutes or whatever. Um and launch a a torpedo. The torpedo hits, but does not explode. Instead, it just kind of sits there. But then Iron Man shows up since the since the Russian sub thing happened, uh, they shut down airspace over Washington, DC. So Tony arrives via Iron Man carrying Tony Stark's briefcase Um, once he arrives Hawk's assistant does whatever uh, which causes the missile to pop open and inside is the Ultimo robot Um, the this causes a ranging battle between Iron Man and the military and Ultimo, um, but in the course of this battle, Iron Man is Ultimo gets a hold of Iron Man and starts crushing him, which is what causes his heart issues for the rest of this run. Iron Man is able to get free, but his armor gets cracked and he falls to the ground, dizzy and whatever. Uh, Iron Man number 96 has a cover by Al Milgram, Jack Abel, and Danny Crespi and is lettered by Denise Wall. Um, Things are looking bad for Iron Man until Jasper Sitwell shows up in his little... Zoomer, Like, I don't know what the fuck this thing is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, but he saves him.
1: Drags him, at, plugs him into the car, and is like, we're gone. Fuck this. Yeah. You're clearly fucked. Uh, time to go. Yeah.
0: Um, I guess Sitwell gets reassigned to Stark and Iron Man by S.H.I.E.L.D. Um while this is going on uh, Detective O'Brien gets Harry Key to um, help him break into Stark International Um, and as that that whole thing this whole issue is basically O'Brien making his way through Stark International to the restricted parts where he finds the guardsman armor, knocks out Chrissy, and goes gunning for Stark. Uh, Iron Man, meanwhile, comes to in the mini-jet and uh, he Sitwell's like, we gotta get you out of here, you're in bad shape. And Iron Man's like, yeah no, bye, and pops out and goes back after Ultimo. Uh Hawk is just like, well, fuck, this isn't good. Like all of the, a bunch of the defenses uh in Washington DC went dead uh when Ultimo attacked. Hawk points out that all of the devices that went dead were manufactured by Stark. Um, And so he's like, you know, and now Stark is hours late. Issue a subpoena for his ass. I am tired of this. He needs to come and have this out. Yeah. Um, Iron Man is fighting Ultimo and Flash is back to the last time they fought where he literally had to use a volcano to defeat him so he blasts into the ground uh he's able to keep ultimo's attention so ultimo follows iron man eventually uses his repulsors to blast low enough or deep enough that they hit lava and ultimo is ultimately uh deactivated because lava burn i don't know whatever who gives a shit
1: He crawls back to the surface Sitwell grabs him Throws him in the car and assumedly Takes him back to Stark International to do Basically not be dead Yeah Uh, And uh, it's revealed that O'Brien put on The Guardsman armor uh, when uh, Chrissy Longfellow wakes up Yeah Hooray! It's, It's It's just stupid
0: Yeah So,
1: So, yes, no.
0: Iron Man number 97 has a cover by Ron Wilson, Dan Adkins, and Danny Crespi, and is lettered by Ray Holloway and Irving Watanabe. Uh, This and the next couple issues kind of feel like we're just kind of delaying until issue 100. Like we've set up what's going to happen in issue 100. And now it's just a question of kind of just buying time until we get there. Because this issue, Iron Man and Sitwell arrive at Stark International and shit's going on. When they get there,
1: uh, one of bursts. the guards
0: is just like, it's the guardsman," um,
1: And Iron Man's like, How? Oh well, yeah. I don't care. The problem's in front of me. I better go kick its ass. Guardman, guardsman comes bursting out of a out of a building and s- starts throwing chunks of building at him, uh, iron, mm-hmm. and then they close and start wailing on each other. Yeah. Um. Uh, he makes no bones about the fact that he is O'Brien. Yeah. Um. And that he's you know. Calling Iron Man a murderer because Kevin died.
0: Yeah, Um, there is a brief, there's a brief, so Iron Man manages to break off, but collapses having another heart attack uh, and is able to get to his private lab and get his shit together. While that happens, Guardsman goes back in and Chrissy, who's tied up, is just like, what the fuck is going on? And O'Brien fills her in on what happened with Kevin, but he, but he, first of all, there are several contradictions just in the story he tells her. Yeah. But also it's not an accurate representation of what happens. No. It's purely just like, you know. Kevin was a good man and Stark fucked him over and Iron Man tried to kill him and then he succeeded. Um, but um, O'Brien acknowledges that suppose that Stark had tried to claim that the armor caused Kevin to lose his mind. But he's just like I think that's bullshit. Whatever. Um, Tony gets... A slightly less fucked up armor on, and they go and fight again. Um, and Tony tries to reason with O'Brien, and it doesn't work initially, but as they're fighting, O'Brien realizes how crazy he's coming like he he realizes the things he's saying don't make a lot of sense and um in the end guardsman guardsman is take you know goes down but iron man's just like i owe it to this man to try and help him uh i'm taking him into avengers custody and i'm going to work to get him back on his feet um which is a really great like i honestly wish more heroes did that like i'm not i'm not saying that i'm not saying that all heroes are uh qualified to do this sort of thing but it is nice to see a hero who does who, even though the villain is clearly in the wrong, he doesn't just turn them over to the carceral state. He has the resources to help the guy in a meaningful way, and he just fucking does it instead of turning him over to the police.
1: Well, and also, it's it's a good exposure of who Tony is all the way down. Um, in yeah. that, even though the villain he, it, even though Michael O'Brien is wrong right there is a kernel of guilt still in tony that's like you know if i hadn't made the suit in the first place then kevin might still be alive then none of this would be happening blah 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 but i had to make the suit because i needed the help at the time like you can rationalize it away if you want but like he's got a little bit of guilt he's imposing on himself and he's like okay i gotta fix this i can fix this I'll do everything I can. And that's... Right. Good on you.
0: Yeah. Uh, So Iron Man number 98 has a cover by Gil Kane, Dave Cockrum, and Irving Watanabe, written by Bill Mantlo, colored by Roger Slifer, lettered by Gaspar Saladino, and Karen Kish. Um, Tony upgrades his armor again. Um, Because of the issues with his heart, he has to take out... A bunch of the stuff he'd added when he no longer had that constraint, uh, and has had to put back in the stuff that kept his heart bumping or pumping. Bumping, it can do both. It can do like, both. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm not. I'm um, not going to
1: limit it and limit his heart.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, um, Chrissy's just like, hey, things are getting really bad. Like. The government is pissed. The media is ripping you a new one for just blowing the government off. What do you want me to do? And Stark's just like, I just need you to hold them off for a minute. Like, just... Just keep them off my back for a little while longer. Um, And, uh... Sitwell comes in and is just like, hey, so you're Stark's new assistant. That's cool. Uh... I'm Jasper Sitwell. I'm with S.H.I.E.L.D. And Chrissy's like, yeah, I know. Um."
1: Well, and this is also the first... (laughs) I think this is the first time that we get any inclination that uh, there's something more to Chrissy. Because she's like... When he... Because he kind of barges into her office, Sitwell does, and uh, there's a text box here that says uh, Chrissy tenses suddenly, gripping, gripping her desk, but it goes unnoticed by the visitor, which is like supposed to be breadcrumbs for... Oh, she's got better reaction time than maybe she should. This is
0: so the first indication we get is last issue, because while she was tied up, she was able to free herself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And literally nothing is made of that. But it's really the first indication we have that Chrissy is not just someone from the steno pool. Yeah. Then she recognizes it well and is just kind of like muttering under her breath about how maybe this isn't the first time we've met Uh, Mm -hmm. but then um, the Watanabe's arrive from Japan Uh, Tony is obviously busy and Chrissy's dealing with some shit so she asks uh, one of the guards to take them on a tour Um, O'Brien while while Tony is dealing with shit, O'Brien comes out from under the anesthesia, um, or the under the sedative, and uh, is just like, "So you kept me alive, huh? You're gonna you're gonna like." And Stark is just like, "I'm trying to help you." Kevin was my best friend. I feel awful about the way that he died. It is my fault, but not in the way you're thinking. You know, just relax. Um, But O'Brien doesn't buy it. But then what occurs is that the the plant comes under attack from Sunfire, who is angry that Sunfire believes the... um, the press about Stark. He believes that uh, Stark has been taking payments uh, and that the Watanabes are traitors for dealing with Stark. Um, Sunfire,
1: Sunfire, giant xenophobe. Well, Sunfire,
0: the problem with Sunfire is he's so nationalistic. Um, Sunfire is basically a Japanese Captain America without the critical thinking skills. Yeah. Because Captain America questions his government occasionally, whereas Sunfire is super patriotic. Uh, And I mean that in the wrong sense of the word, like the word, the way people use it as like, you don't question you know? Yeah, and exactly. So, yeah. Um, I mean, Sunfire is basically a Japanese U S agent is what it is. He's not even a Japanese cap. He's yeah. a Japanese U S agent. Um, but so, um, but
1: also like his nationalism is so fucking um, unmoored. Like it's just any, any perceived slight against Japan deserves massive retribution it's
0: just oh, yeah. okay man yeah but the the Sunfire's attack causes tony to go oh god i need to put on some armor that armor is not ready where are my other armors they're fucking gone fuck so he puts on the guardsman's armor um to go fight Sunfire. In doing so, O'Brien realizes that oh shit, I've had this guy all wrong. Yeah,
1: he's so... clearly fu- like O'Brien's like he's clearly fucked up with something with his heart. Like they they talk about it a little. You look bad. Um and also you're Tony Stark. What do you, what business do you have getting in any armor um and mm-hmm. jumping into uh this kind of terrorism and uh going out and fight like that. So, it's earned. Um
0: Well, and Tony Tony out now tells him he's like I am Iron Man. Like there is I'm not doing this because I have to right this moment. I'm Iron Man. I've always been Iron Man. Man. And so O'Brien realizes like, "Oh, I've had Tony Stark wrong this entire time." Yeah. Um and so uh Stark tries to fight Sunfire, but because the Guardsman armor doesn't have the same devices to help his heart that his new Iron Man armor does, or his old Iron Man armor does, he is unable to. At which point, O'Brien shows up wearing the new Iron Man armor. Um, they start to fight. Uh, Sunfire is just like, oh, so my former ally is has now turned against me, and O'Brien's like... I have no idea what that means. But okay. <laughs> and so they fight. But then uh, O'Brien man is uh, <laughs> teleported away. Um, and Sunfire's just like, okay, well that's weird. Uh, Back to doing what I was doing, I guess. Um,
1: and at that point, uh, Tony comes bursting in with an even older version of the armor that he had stashed in a different room. Right. To continue and then, the this fight.
0: version this version of our, Iron the Iron Man armor is like the one he wore like right after the go the all gold golem looking armor. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an old one. Um but yeah he should he comes out and he's just like nope It's the real Iron Man this time. Fuck you!
1: And Sunfire's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I guess we fight still.
0: Iron Man number 99 has a cover by Sal Buscema, Al Milgram, and John Costanza, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by John Costanza. Uh... several things several things happen here um so Iron Man fights Sunfire while Sitwell protects the Watanabe's uh Harry breaks into Stark's lab but is stymied by the utter lack of armor to steal. Uh, (laughs) However, he is confronted by uh, the person who has been hiring him, uh, which is Chrissy slash Madam Mask, though we don't actually really get a lot of that there. Um, we, We do find out in the course of this that Chrissy is the one behind all of the that hired him but not that she was necessarily Madam Mask we see yeah a brief thing with a mask but we don't really see what the mask is so it's never expressly said she's Madam Mask whatever um, but Iron Man is able to um, to defeat Sunfire he then is just like, okay, now to figure out where the fuck O'Brien went. And he's like, I, <laughs> with everything that's been happening, it's probably the Mandarin, but that can't be. The Mandarin was killed by Yellow Claw. Um, so he's just like, I really hope I'm wrong. So he uses his computers to find the tracer... In the Iron Man armor, and sure enough, it's exactly where he thinks it is. So he goes after um, O'Brien. He goes to Avengers Mansion, gets a Quinjet, still wearing the the Mark... I don't know, is it two or three, technically? Because I feel like maybe the original gold armor is kind of a 1.5. But, anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, Um, I'm not sure I know. He, yeah, he goes and grabs a Quinjet. Oh, uh, Mandarin gets O'Brien completely captured because O'Brien doesn't know what the hell he's doing in the suit. Um, Yeah. And straps him to the side of a rocket. Hooray.
0: (laughs) And Iron Man's just like, I hope Mandarin gloats as much as i'm hoping he will giving me time to get there before he kills o'brien um the last thing in all of this is that in washington uh the senate has their hearing and they're just like well tony stark can't be bothered to show up what the fuck uh at which point john the assistant is just like, I have proof that Iron Man or that Tony Stark is a traitor and it's right here. And everybody's just like, okay, what about it? It's a briefcase. And uh, one of the dudes watching is just like, well, it's it's monogrammed AS, so I guess it's Tony Stark's. (laughs) Um, And yeah, but we'll we'll get more of that next issue. Um, The end of this issue is Iron Man arrives in China... Uh, and goes to where Mandarin's fortress used to be. It's now been rebuilt, uh, and the missile has been fired. Yeah. He is able to save O'Brien and destroy the missile. Uh, they land and uh, switch armors.
1: Uh, and at the, yeah, it's at this point that. Uh... <clears throat> o'brien finds out for sure that tony is iron man and yeah. he's like get out of that armor you idiot i need it it's a got the things i need for my heart and b as better equipment you get in this one maybe i get out of here and he's like oh shit tony stark is iron man and iron man is tony stark and i just decided that tony stark was a good man so iron man is good oh yay and like he has a complete change of heart and decides that um, his murderous vengeance no longer needs to happen yeah uh great
0: so he is to take the quinjet back to the u.s and iron iron man goes to deal with mandarin which brings us to iron man number 100 which has a cover by jim starlin and is colored by Janice Cohen and lettered by John Costanza and Ray Holloway. Um, he, he makes his way um, to back to the castle, um, fights a bunch of these samurai uh jetpack dudes uh but it turns out that they're not human. they're actually like kamikaze they're they're kind of like the broccoli men I think in next wave agents of hate uh and they're just like kamikaze uh warriors that are designed to blow up right next to him yeah. uh so he go he makes it through those and gets inside. At which point the um, mandarin freezes him. Um, And it's at this point that he explains how it is he was able to survive. Which is he was actually killed. However, because it's comics, he had a contingency plan in place. And downloaded his brain into the rings. Um, And so when Yellow Claw's minion, Lock Doe, uh, was told to dispose of the Mandarin's remains. Lock Doe was just like, ooh, rings, and put them on, which then caused Mandarin to take over his body. Um, Iron Man is able to free himself, but then, you know, Mandarin keeps using, like, the black, the black light ring plus this ring plus that ring, whatever. In the end, uh, Iron Man turns on a uh, a magnet which attracts his rings and then he is able to effectively render them inert. Uh, the idea here being that they're they're completely bricked, but I'm not sure if this is a situation where mandarin had studied them for so long that he's going to be able to recreate them or not i don't i don't know but um in the end um we see john the assistant for senator hawk he gets the he gets the attache case open, and it's just like this proves it. But then the attache case is destroyed, and it turns. This is the part I don't really get about this. Um, is the is that it turns out Hawk. And Tony Stark set that up to expose John as a plant. So John is arrested, but then uh, gets killed by Mandarin. Iron Man smashes the computer and blows up the castle. But in the end, he's just like. He has Mandarin, and he's just like, I want, I want to make it clear. I could have killed you, but I didn't. Because I'm a better person than you are. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, well, yeah, like, better than the Mandarin is a low bar, but... You don't have to try real hard. Go off, I guess. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, he's just like, I just want you to remember I could have killed you and I didn't. Which brings us to the last issue of the week, Iron Man number 101, which has a cover by Val Mayerik, uh Dave Cockrum and Danny Crespi. Uh, the issue itself is colored by Don Warfield and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Bruce Patterson. This is the this is a weird one and it's a weird place to stop for the week especially after like issue 100 was a little bit of a high for this book this week and then we follow it up with this one issue that's just kind of like okay what um, it's
1: very huh all right so,
0: Iron Man flies from Mandarin's former fortress to a Chinese airfield. Um, The soldiers there are just like, American! Um,
1: Holy shit, it's Iron Man! Shoot at him. To which point uh, Tony is like, don't mind me, I just need to create an international incident by stealing this MiG. Bye! And he does so the the thing about this is
0: in in doing this they stop firing and they let him take the jet um iron man thinks well you know maybe they've realized that the avengers are a beneficial international organization uh no um you know oh man, things have gotten so much better since Nixon came here and blah, blah, blah. But in point of fact, the commander of the military airfield let him take the plane because he was the one who took down the Mandarin again. Um, so, whatever. So, he sets it to fly him home um, and then kind of passes out um, but as you know, he's, he's sort of thinking about everything that's happened and he kind of, he kind of falls asleep. Uh, but then, um, at least that's the way I took it as he follows as- fell asleep because they, the, the Western forces try to contact him and they're just like, Identify yourself. Identify yourself. Hey, who the fuck are you? And he doesn't answer. So maybe he was just really into thinking at that point. Uh, But he gets shot down uh, over Yugoslavia. Um, And so the plane is destroyed. He comes down um, or he is able to escape the plane But then gets hit by a missile. And he lands somewhere in the Alps. Um, He is then found by these weird little people. And with them is Frankenstein's monster. Who picks him up and takes him to a castle. Uh, Once there, or on the way there, Iron Man wakes up. And, uh, everybody's just like, eh, he's, he's, he's a weird knight looking dude. It devolves Um,
1: into a misunderstanding. Cause at first, like Frankenstein's monster is just carrying him. Iron Man comes to and just like jumps off his back and is like, oh, what the hell and then everybody all the little dudes are like he fears us just like the others or just like the other one destroy him and he's like I don't really want to destroy anyone what are we doing why are we doing this get off me Um, yeah the monster attacks him they have a tussle um hooray yeah like I swear to god I read this (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah this starts breaking down because i just didn't care yeah uh, he fights the monster and wins but then gets taken down by an energy blast and then there's the dread Knight. yeah dread Knight um, is
1: the last page
0: that did it and i was trying to think like am i supposed to know who the fuck this is but no this is his first appearance so thank god for that i felt really dumb for a minute um
1: but yeah it's (laughs) the dread is, is this a dark is this a black knight villain that i don't remember no no yeah it's just some guy some asshole so. uh yeah this is a real downer of an ending for the week because it's just yeah not it, i mean not it the, really is not just the cliffhanger um being the last one we read because and that's fine um it's it's also like what happened what is this what is this to do with anything why are we here yeah. i'm just very like huh yeah yeah, pretty
0: much. And and the problem... The problem is, it's just like... We got this Kraken story, which I did not care about to amount to anything, and was really pretty dumb. Um... But then, like, we got this run where... At least it felt, even even when it wasn't just, okay, Mandarin, cool, at least it felt like we were moving things along. Yeah. Even that... with the worst of the O'Brien stuff this week, at least it felt like, okay, we're actually getting somewhere with this. Um, and that's,
1: that's the highlight for me, is that, maybe not the Mandarin stuff, because, uh, whatever, but, like, the, oh, thank God we're done with this Michael O'Brien crap. Like, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about the way that it ended. I don't care. It's over now, and that's more important to me. I I kind of feel like
0: uh, you know, a lot was made after Spider-Man 3 came out about the the whole Harry Osborn like uh Finding out uh, that Spider-Man didn't kill his dad, and then immediately just being like, "I need to go help Pete," and it's like, he still, he still put you in the hospital and blew up your face, bro. Like, <laughs> but the, this is this is the same sort of thing where it's just like. Oh my God! I had it all wrong. Let me go and help you, buddy, old pal.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I don't buy so much, and that it would be much more interesting to me if O'Brien didn't know how he felt, right? Like, or wasn't certain about how he, but still knew that Tony and Iron Man were the same person, like, right? And that Tony had to get his shit together long enough to deal with that. Like, well, how? Are, how okay, bud. What's 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 your play? What are you gonna do? Um, yeah. Can I convince you not to tell the entire world? That would be great. Um, yeah. How do I do that? Like, what do you need? Yeah, I,
0: the good news is this kind of seems like from, from what I'm seeing, it looks like this is kind of the end of the Michael O'Brien thing for a bit, um, because he shows up, he shows up elsewhere, uh, like at one point, Tony needs help with something and o'brien is one of the people that comes to help and like he gets a job elsewhere and yada 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 but like this whole thing of just being like well gee i real am really am sorry about that whole trying to kill you thing um
1: it was let's revenge be
0: uh let's be pals thing is over and done with yeah i'm so glad um I want this Harry Key thing wound up and I want to know what the hell Madame Mask is doing but
1: that was also a thing that I liked that she's back and yeah. like the mystery of why she's back is something that I'm interested in seeing because she's clearly making moves um. And they left it on a decidedly, I wish we could be together, but we can't note. And uh, yeah, I she was a real she was a real character when they were done. Um, yeah, I mean it sucked that it took until that last storyline. It also sucked that that storyline was the Midas storyline, but like, it was really she she was a person that i cared about by the end of that story so right it's interesting or it's it's i'm interested to see what they do with that
0: yeah um Hmm. i just ah, god this fucking i'm trying to see um i forgot to look and see if the Kraken never shows up again. And I'm sure he does. Of course. Because uh, this being this being Marvel, nobody ever really goes away. But um This is really weird. So apparently he does show up again. Kraken. Yeah. Um, what... What I find funny about this is he... Apparently, after this, he he retires to the Midwest. And it's just like, dude, your whole thing is boats. Why would you... Why would you retire? Like... Depending on where he... um, Depending on where he retired, like... Because most of the Midwest is landlocked. Yes. There are parts up by the Great Lakes that are technically considered Midwest. Uh, which, okay. But like...
1: <laughs> coastal. Why you have a boat bro you're a boat man uh, you're called kraken
0: that's your whole thing
1: this ain't uh, this ain't know. a tremor situation this is not land cracking.
0: i don't know fucking command this fucking kraken guy <laughs> um, whatever all right top five
1: top five The Watcher's Guide's Top 5 Top 5 Uh, number 5 The the O'Brien Saga comes to an end Um It's, it's over I don't have to care about this anymore They're not going to try to Foist some sort of Michael, like, I liked Kevin Off and on throughout his Appearances Um Mm -hmm. Michael, I never liked, and didn't want to, uh, and was never encouraged to do so. So mm. I'm just glad that's over. Uh, number,
0: I think I think the Michael O'Brien thing could have worked. Oh yeah, if they had put the effort in to make you understand where Michael is coming from, because yeah, billionaires can to a certain degree operate with impunity. And so I think in I think a story about a guy whose brother was killed um, and who blames the billionaire seemingly responsible and who think who even as a cop is just like the there's more to this. Why won't anybody listen to me? That could be interesting, but they didn't do that anyway
1: nope or or, i mean even if like he was doing investigation stuff and like getting stymied at every corner like you can do a lot of like right at hand tropey things um Mm -hmm. with a detective story from his point of view yeah i don't know uh number four uh uh Herc and Black Widow are boning. Like, that's not explicitly said, but, like, just the way that she's like, I'm gonna go with him. No reason. Do not interrogate that. Bye. Uh, Number three... uh, Hector just wants to watch a man work. Like, you know, maybe get some tips. Uh, Number two... Get your head in the game, Spider-Man. Which is in reference to the uh, windows falling down, and yeah. just in general, some at some points this week. And then uh, number one is like, as we said, the 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 incremental building blocks of just how powerful Bobby can be, and also yeah. in in that same sort of vein, how strong Warren actually is too yeah yeah, that was cool to see and it was probably it was definitely the highlight of the week for me even though we had Iron Man was just so weird anyway so that's me
0: Uh, number number five for me is yar I be late for my ship
1: (laughs) (laughs) The second job, what pays for all of this, you lousy lubbers? I'd love to stay and die in this cave, but
0: I'm due to go bar back. Uh, so yeah, uh, (laughs) I want more of that. I don't care about the Kraken as, like, a credible threat, but... I definitely, I definitely want more of Kraken as like the jobbing villain. Like, just like, I'd love to be teaming up with you, Mandarin, but unfortunately, I can't get off this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby's wife just had a baby and I'm covering
1: for him at the bar. Uh, yeah also that he's an extremely conscientious employee and wants to (laughs) and wants to help out not only the his co-workers but like really feels for management because it's it's hard times right now or whatever like that's that's but it's just
0: like no Uh, i understand i have my own managerial responsibilities (laughs) to be considering so i completely understand where you're coming from Gary and I want you to know that unlike your other employees I am in fact on your
1: side (laughs) yeah also he's a complete narc when it comes to like (laughs) well
0: I understand it's difficult when you can't get enough hours Susan (laughs) but you've got to look at it from management's point of view exactly <laughs> uh so yeah number four is uh dread Knight, and not because of anything about the character it's because there are so many goddamn knight characters that ride horses i'm not even sure if i've seen this guy before like yeah has he shown up previously i don't fucking know like which which night asshole is this so, yeah.
1: Which Nazgul right motherfucker is this?
0: There are so many random night characters. I can't remember whether or not this asshole has shown up before. Yep. Uh, number three, I am so happy the O'Brien thing is done. Um, it served its purpose. We're good. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly... The whole O'Brien thing, in addition to not being done particularly well, uh, because of everything else that's been going on, it felt like a distraction. Yeah. It felt like there's a lot bigger shit going on than this one random asshole cop. Like
1: yeah. there was very much a, can we move, because he's having a hard, like, I got other, th- we, book. You have other things to do <laughs> right now than me yeah. give a shit about this guy. Let's get and it. And Tony
0: Stark isn't Peter Parker.
1: No. Like Yeah.
0: Iron Man can have like one sort of Damocles. In the case of Peter Parker, I like I expect there to be like a thousand things that are just like weighing down on him. But when it when it's when you have all this stuff that is specifically targeting the main character Uh it's not even supporting character drama it's just some asshole who's out to get the hero it's just like can we can we wait can we deal with the first thing then we'll deal with this yeah um number two chrissy uh i like the way the chrissy thing played out yeah Um, i
1: should have had that too because as i said you know i liked madam mask um and I like that we're doing this reveal. And it was especially interesting because, like I told you, when I first started reading this week, it had been so long since it was Red Iron Man that I was like, who the hell is this? Where did she come from? Um, yeah. And that was, it was nice for it to develop that, to develop that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the number one is Iceman. Uh, yep. You know reading, reading when I did um <clears throat> let me rephrase that, starting to read X-Men when I did uh, you know, you started getting the general ramping up, like you said in the 90s when uh, Emma Frost was just like you can be so much more than what you are Uh and so to see that they were that they were doing this this early on is cool Um,
1: yeah but it also says really positive things about Bobby I mean but that that's that's what it is all the way up until like I say where Emma gets in and messes with his head and powers and like sees what he can do is that The only reason he isn't, you know, ripping apart the fundamentals of the universe is because it's Bobby, right? Like, not only is he basically a child or a man-child, but also...
0: In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways.
1: Like, he's, he's all the annoying parts of Johnny Storm, too, where it's like, but the girl and the thing and oh no. And it's like God, you have bigger He's the problems? annoying
0: little brother. Yeah. Um he's the annoying little brother, except in in Iceman's case he's not related to anybody. Yeah. So yeah. Why are we
1: putting up with this? Uh and then yeah, it's just but he's also clearly a good dude who wants to hold on to like the amount of power that he has and like yeah. I don't know restraint is a thing
0: yeah uh so the next couple weeks we actually have a lot of iron man still um but next week we have a bunch of iron man some marvel two-in-one and a few issues of the avengers uh so join us for that uh like us on facebook follow us both individually and at watchers guide mu rate and review us on iTunes and whatever else you're listening to us on. Uh visit our website at watchersguide.com or sorry, watchersguide.com or email us at watchersguide@gmail.com. Um have a marvelous week.
1: Bye. <laughs> We'll be right